Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we have been talking with sex therapist, Dr. Kat Myers from Sex, Love, and Yoga. This is part two two of our show. Welcome back. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed what Kat had to say all about nutrition, her retreats undone, and that we spoke about trauma. So if you didn't hear part one, go back and listen to it. It's in the tree just about just above this show. But before we get into the show, let's take a minute to feature our show sponsor, which is our top waterproof blanket, because nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. And I got to sleep in it. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot, which I am, or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, which Carol is, (laughs) then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets, even if you squirt like Carol does. You just have to throw it down and get it on. Top waterproof blanket will protect any play space from messy massage oil, silicone lube, or any other sexy wetness. It takes away the worry so you can have more fun. And the best thing is the easy cleanup. When you're done, you just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. Now available in two sizes, jumbo and midsize, and three color combination. Order yours today on Amazon. Just search Top Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It does. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now uh, we're actually going to get into our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. You know, we're always talking about being happy, healthy, and horny, and you can't have one without the other. Our health, our physical and mental health is all critical and for us being happy and horny. And the key, of course, is education, then applying what we've learned. And we were just having an amazing discussion with Kat Meyer all about her retreats. And the most important part is taking that information home and applying it into our lives. So, Kat, how do you get your ladies to go home and then practice and not forget by the time they get back into the busyness, not to forget all those things you've learned and done for the past week? Right. Well, the women are going to be a part of this exclusive um, Facebook group. So after this, they will still feel supported and encouraged and reminded about uh, incorporating their sexuality in their life. So I think that's really important because we can get so high and so much moved from from retreats and we go back and over two weeks, it can pitter down and Mm -hmm. we stop doing the practices. Mm -hmm. So that's really important to help keep each other accountable. But then also just helping the women to remember that this is this is a, a way of being in the world. It's not so much it's this embodied experience and important to share this knowledge by being a model of it and living it and creating the space for themselves to be their self-loving, their caring, their sensual self. So again, we have these morning meditation practices that they can continue and we will encourage you um, to to keep up with and share about our experiences and where our challenges are or where we, we um, aren't 
creating space and noticing what those resistances are and not in a way to shame anybody or to, you know, make anybody feel guilty, but it's more of like meeting each other where the resistances are and, and speak to that part because fear may come up or boredom may come up or, you know, the, the, um, fears of value that we place on our, you know, these other priorities. We prioritize our work and um, everything else over ourselves. So I think that is a really, you know, just having that continued connection with a group of women that you feel safe with is going to be key for that. Now, do you ever do um, group meditation, like through Skype or even through Facebook, where you can see each other and not be in the same room, but you feel like you're in the same room, so you're actually sharing some energy through the internet? That's what we will be doing, yes. So when we have this um, as a continuing piece, yes. Wow. So, So my big question is, one of the issues we come up with regularly between couples who aren't, forget about aren't having great sex, they're not having sex, but that they don't know how to communicate properly. So now a woman has gotten up the um, the energy to go on your retreat to learn some stuff because she wants to feel more empowered. She wants to be able to say yes to have great sex. And she comes home and she's back in that environment where she's not comfortable talking about all this stuff with her partner. How, how do you mm-hmm. coach these women to make sure that the needs and wants that they've learned that make them feel good are translated or communicated back to their partner and their partner understands and is present to get what they're trying to say. So I've created an ebook for each of the women to be able to take home. And these, these uh, practices that we do there are also applicable to their partners too. So they can bring these and ask these same questions to their partner or encourage their partner to go into this experience as well so that the two of them can be on this um, page of being able to learn about each other in their erotic map and what ignites them and what inhibits them. And so they can really support each other in their own individual language instead of falling back to, well, we're just not compatible or, well, this is just how sex is. Sex, our sexual potential is infinite and having some of these guides for them to to be able to take home with them um, I think will be not I think I have seen to be really helpful yeah and of course the guys have to be uh, guys or girls but whoever there's their partner have to be open and receptive to make some changes as well and to then maybe look inside their own mind and spirit and and find that they also need some work and I they probably could use the tools and they could work together with their partner to make those things happen. Right, right. So I hope that it, it's my hope that when they experience their partner coming back to them, being so open and liberated. I, I mean, how many of us, um, there is a permission slip in that. You know, when we mm-hmm. so, see somebody else who's who's really owning their body and, and making these decisions based on what feels good for them, then we are like, oh, that's possible for me too. Right. And we start on that path of being curious and seeing, well, what is possible for me? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, I know we talk a lot about the personal self-care and and sexual desire, how they're connected. So if we're not feeling good about ourselves, it's very often we shut down our sexual desire. So I can just imagine how we, when we take the time to make sure that we are good, that we are healthy and feeling fine, that the sexual desire should improve with that. 
Right, right. And so if we don't, I mean, for a number of reasons, I can speak for myself in those times where I didn't have any self-care and I thought self-care was a luxury that wasn't, um, you know, wasn't available for me because I had to work really hard to deserve pleasure or, or to deserve a time off and how depleted, exhausted, burned out and unmotivated I was just um, blah. And of course, I didn't want anybody to touch me because A, it would shoot, <laughs> send so much nervous energy through my body. But also, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy my own body. And I didn't like my own body. So how would I let somebody else make it feel good? Mm-hmm. And so by coming back to ourselves and creating that space and that attention and and realizing that this is a necessity, if we're going to continue on the trajectory that we're on to be able to, you know, create things in the world, then we've got to continue to come back and refuel. And we can't be moving forward on an empty tank Mm. over and over and over. That does nobody good. Absolutely. And that refueling is your brain. And Carol and I learn every week from great educators and experts like yourself about all different things related to relationships and sexuality. And, you know, we've been swingers for over 10 years. We travel. We have, you know, done three years of shows. And we're continuously learning. So, you know, we were talking about self-pleasuring a little bit earlier. And self-pleasuring always feels good because you know what your body likes. And it is so important, especially in mature relationships where people have been together for 20 or 25 years. And they've always fucked the same way. They've always blown, um, uh, given a blowjob the same way. They've always, the guy's always eaten her pussy the same way. Now that you know what you like in your body, it's really important to tell your partner what feels good because I, I know, you know, when we play in swinger situations, there are women that give amazing blowjobs and other ones it's like, uh, no thank you, uh, I'll do it myself. <laughs> and it's very possible, like you were saying earlier, that people have just gotten used to this is the way it is. And as, as swingers, we have learned, because we play with other people, that we need to tell them what we like because the way Carol sucks my cock isn't exactly the way someone else does it. And if they're going down on me and it doesn't feel good, well, the situation isn't great. And when a guy or another girl is going down on Carol to lick her pussy, if they're not doing it right, well, it's not good for her. So as a couple, when they learn at your um, retreats, the, the new tools that they're going home with, they need to communicate to your partner and partners don't take it negatively if someone says, you know, I don't like the way you're doing that. I would prefer you to do it this way and use the word, you know, I would prefer that instead of saying, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Be positive about it. Mm. Make those positive changes as well. Right, right. And that's with a big piece on the communication that we're going to be dropping into, you know, how to communicate around sex, because it's, it's a vulnerable topic, you know, it's revelation of ourselves and what we authentically want. And we're afraid of rejection, or or we're afraid of, you know, how it's going to be perceived by our partner. So there are ways that we can navigate that with a little more finesse, in a way that holds them and ourselves. So we don't drop ourselves to hold them or vice versa. Right. 
And certainly when it comes to fantasies, a whole bunch of people are afraid to share their fantasies for that exact same reason. They're, they're afraid of judgment or rejection. And uh, mm-hmm. it's okay to share fantasies. They don't always have to come true. Uh, you can maybe fulfill some if, they are, if they're comfortable doing that kind of thing. But if not, it's okay to share them. Sometimes the fantasy is just a turn on and it could just still stay in your head. But it's a good way to get more intimate with your partner and be, feel more connected when you do share things. And if your partner is open, which the partner should be, then um, you can share more and more. Those discussions about would we, could we, should we, are the best ones to find out how to move that your relationship forward and so it doesn't get stale and boring. Right, right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I guess that leads us to our next whole topic, which is all about how sex should be fun. I mean, when you talked about getting uh, wild again, that's what you want to... Uh, your your ladies to learn how to love themselves and then get wild and it should be more about the fun that they're having for sex and it's not about having sex from the chandelier no 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 i mean <laughs> enjoying it making it playful uh finding ways of uh, new ways and varied and varied ways of doing it and get out of your bed right do it in the right. kitchen in the car just you know vary it up a little bit you know put on silk sheets <laughs> right, right. And I think, you know, as we were saying a moment ago, it, it's vulnerable to talk about these, about our sexual desires or things that we're going to enjoy. So I think it's really, really important for for the, the partners to create a space of safety, a safety so that you can even begin to feel silly or playful or to, or introduce things that you've never entered, you know, tried out before. But, you know, allowing yourself to get curious about what you could want. And 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 I think a big part of that is um, getting curious about your partner, asking questions and holding this space of non-judgment when they do bring these things forward. Or if you notice that your partner is becoming nervous about these things, uh, volunteering some of these desires that you have for yourself so that they can see, oh, it's not so bad. Oh, okay. Like they can do that. I can say something too. Right. It's a scary thing. Right. And I know when we were, um, well, we had a discussion with Dr. Lori Batito where she was uh, really uh, stressing that arousal can bring on sexual desire and, and does not necessarily that you have the sexual desire at first for, for ladies I'm talking about, that arousal can bring on sexual desire. So if, mm-hmm. if the guy or the partner is getting a little bit frustrated that she's not having great sexual desire, even though she comes back from this retreat, remember that it's just not spontaneous like that. There's still work to be done that all sensual, the sensuality of, of arousal brings out more and more sexual desire. So that's kind of what I just want to make a point that let's not forget about that arousal part too well like last night when we were before we were fucking i gave you that amazing yoni massage they went Mm -hmm. around it didn't even go near your clit for half an hour yeah just your inner thighs the uh, venus mound your butt everything down to your feet and i saw i saw your labia just get filled with blood you you got so engorged down there and it's not about putting a cock into a pussy it's about getting the arousal and desire going and that's when you have great sex right right which is also going to be different in the avenues for each person too so by identifying what your erotic map is for some women it's it's going to be something that's more kinky and for other women it's about this power domination for themselves like them dominating and for another person it's going to be the sensual massage and you know like snuggles and and sweet kisses and then for somebody else it's all going to be like a more of a ritual tantric energetic movement union with the other person so 
everybody's got their own language. And uh, when you know what that is, then you can better communicate that to your person and them to them to understand what it what's it, what it's going to take for you. So when you're talking about this erotic map, is that something that you teach the ladies to do through a series of questions or eliminations or a survey? How do you map that out? With a pencil and a piece of paper. <laughs> you just draw... <laughs> Yeah, we're going to draw a map. <laughs> no, but through a series of questions, but then also through a series of an embodiment practices. So feeling into what what ignites them more and then also knowing what sort of things turn them off. I think that's really important because sometimes if we keep pushing the buttons of go, but we're, we're holding down this break this emergency break in the car, it's just not going to go forward or it's going to be very jerky and just dis, dis, disconnected. But so by noting, knowing what some of those things in the environment or in yourself or in your partner that could, the conditions, the context that could be on, that could be breaking it, um, we can help remove those. So, so there's more fluidity and, and receptivity to some of these things that we like. Yeah, absolutely. So Kat, let's get into your wheelhouse and let's talk about how yoga really helps people have better sex. Well, yoga helps to regulate their nervous system. So like we were talking about earlier, you're putting yourself in these poses and then they, and it can be stressful too. You're holding the position and you're tensing the body or you, and then you're also inviting yourself to breathe deeply, like down into the diaphragm and that through that breath and through the concentrated awareness, your body helps to regulate itself and calm itself down to uh, more of a neutral state. So this can, over time, this practice can be become a lot easier when outside outside of your mat so when you get dysregulated from stress and from fear or from you know the, all these things that you have going on it can help you to come back to that space because now you're it's it's um, imprinted in your nervous system oh I know what that feels like and I can come back to it I was going to say yoga also helps us to open the body. So if we think about, you know, sitting in front of the laptop and typing away and or like rolling our shoulders over and crunch, really crunching and tightening the body or even in, you know, going to the gym, how that tightens your muscles. Uh, but that can help create a lot of um, solidifying of the fascia, which is the connective tissue. Um, yoga helps us to be able to open that up and flush out any toxins, whether that's in our lymph systems or or um, in our you know inflammation that's in our body and helps it to just move through so we become a lot more flexible and better blood circulation you know comfort and connection with our body and my sex sexual desire and my orgasms have majorly increased since starting yoga and I notice those times when I'm not doing yoga consistently how that does impact me sexually wow now I know that mostly it's women who go to yoga classes because I've done yoga many many times and that I know it's um, I would say 90% women there's only one or two men who I think are going there mostly because they're trying to get more flexible and not necessarily with anything sexual in their minds but why is it that you think that that's only women who go to these practices well, I, you know, I would actually, in LA, there's a lot more men who are coming to yoga classes. I'll go to yoga classes in about, you know, a third to, um, yeah, probably about a third of the class is men. And that's a class of like 30 people. Okay. And I remember when I was teaching regularly weekly classes, about a third of, of the class would be men, a third to a half. Mm. And that was always of like 30 to 40 people. So I think that for women, so that's either my, my neighbor on their vacuum cleaner 
or that's my roommate and her major vibrator. I'm not sure. Maybe but that's your like a Hitachi wand. Sure sounds sure like a Hitachi. Sounds, or, or even a Sibian. That's let's, a let's, motor going on. We can only tell. We'll wait it's for the right. orgasm. If it was an orgasm, we know it was the Hitachi. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> well, we haven't heard that yet. so <laughs> We'll just keep going um, about yoga. Yeah, for women, I think this, it's a way to drop into the body and how, like, there's so many hip openers in yoga. And what we know is that we hold a lot of tension in our psoas and in our hip flexors. And we also hold a lot of emotion here because of it. So through these hip openers, we, we tap into releasing all of this, you know, stored up, pent up um, uh, tightness and emotion. And helps us to drop into the body deeper, you know, root down into the body, but also helps us with our orgasms or, you know, be attuned to pleasure that's around us as we move about the day. Well, absolutely. So I guess the last question here would be, why is it important for women to actually have sex? <laughs> that's a good question. So let me, um, great sex, first of all. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Great sex. <laughs> So physically, it's a stress reliever. You know, it, it helps us to, to through orgasm or even just through pleasurable touch, because we don't even necessarily have to orgasm, to to receive the benefits of, of relaxation in the body. You know, there's this release that happens with orgasm. that uh, also increases our immune system, you know, and it increases our libido. They say the more you use it, the, the more that you, you have, the more desire for sex that you have. Um, physically, it also reduces the risk of heart attack. So there are some definite benefits for the for our physical health. Um, emotionally, it contributes to bonding. You know, it releases oxytocin and vasopressin, which are two hormones that are tied with bonding and connection. And these can be a um, there can also be this major emotional release. So breaking through some of the stagnant stored emotion in the body. I remember times of having sex and and in orgasm bursting into tears mm -hmm. because my body was releasing all of this stress and tension and holding that it was that it had in the body and I was just and and an orgasm is like cry like a good cry you know there mm -hmm. is this physical release and and expulsion of of wetness you know and and moving out of the body moving out that stored energy there so that can be really um, <laughs> powerful and yeah, enjoyable. Absolutely. So depending on if you're spiritual too, there can be this higher, this access to higher planes of consciousness. You know, some people talk about in their tantric practices, you know, meeting God through sex or feeling unified with their partner or, um, you know, feeling something that's greater than themselves. And I know when I when I practice my my tantra uh, practices, whether it's with myself or with a partner, there is just this this greater connection and expansion in in my environment and in just in this world. Now, and I also know that there's a lot of self confidence that gets um, you know you can learn to be more confident by enjoying sex and finding that safety net where you actually can learn and enjoy sex together with a partner that you feel more self-confident with yourself because I guess you've accomplished it or you feel good about it. And so I think that's a whole lot that you get used to your body. That's a very, very good advantage for having sex. Yeah, I and would say so. It feels great. <laughs> and it feels great, of course, yes. Oh, it feels so delicious. Yeah. 
<laughs> so now it's time for some final advice. So what? Oh, really? We're you, done already. It's very close oh, to being done. Man. Not quite. We All got right. two, we got our final advice. So All let's right. listen let's carefully. What would you say would be the top two things that anyone could do today to improve their eating habits in order to improve their level of sex hormones and enjoy and, and have more and better sex? Oh my gosh, the first one is drinking lots of water. <laughs> water with lemon is even better because it helps to alkalize your your internal system, which helps you with digestion. Um, but even just natural water, and I mean clean water, filtered water, is a natural detox that helps flush out, you know, what may be sticking around in our colon or what may not be, you know, um, be moving through or, or digesting or even being uh, absorbed. Um, as well as it could be. And drinking water also helps us increase our energy. So if we're feeling sluggish and fatigued and foggy brained, it may be something that we're eating, but it may also because we're not drinking much water and we're drinking a lot of soda or coffee or tea or, you know, flavored something that isn't the pure water that helps us to actually move through. Mm -hmm. The second one is... um, turning to eating more whole foods rather than processed foods. So kind of like what we talked about earlier, but allowing our digestive system to have an easier time with breaking down the foods without so much trouble from inflammation or gas that's created from breaking down the foods that have gone through a lot of machinery to be created. So return back to what is more natural. Wow, I think that's great advice. That's easy to do. And we can say firsthand, we did it. (laughs) It works, and even after being swingers for 10 years, our sex life in the last three months has gotten even better. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I love hearing that. All right, Dr. Kat Meyer, that was an amazing two-part show. We hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll remind you to listen to part one as well. Uh, Kat, thanks so much for all your great sexy advice. How can people find you online, reach out to you, social media? Yeah, so they can find out more on sexloveyoga.com. They can also find me on Instagram at sexloveyoga, where I write daily about my three favorite topics, sex, mm-hmm. love, and yoga. And we're <laughs> Or my podcast, Eat, Play, Sex. Um, and where can they find your podcast? On Spotify, and all the things. Beautiful. They're actually going to be able to find her podcast on our website, thesexylifestyle.com as well. Yes, once you're a guest, we put you up, and they'll be able to just click there and click right through to your podcast as well. Great. Yay. And we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests, and we hope you do too. So don't forget to visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to find incredible information about sex, sexuality, and all the fun guests that we have on our show. Remember to sign up on stc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people like us and find out where the events are happening near you. Use promo code 30314 for the first month free. And you can join us at Hedonism 2 Clothing Optional Resort in Jamaica for the amazing Repeat Offenders Reunion Days, December 14 to 27, where the rates are as low as $150 per person per night. The rates may be low, but the sexiness is off the charts. It is. And remember, young swingers, in March, go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com. Book now. I think there's only 30 rooms left out of the 280. And for more information about these trips or anything else, visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or as always, you can send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Dr. Kapmeyer, once again, thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me. And as always, we thank all our listeners for continuously to listen to our amazing show. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. <laughs>